Well, welcome to Epic, everybody. If you're new with us, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and I'm going to explain my t-shirt in just a minute. But before we get to that, let me celebrate something that happened last week. So last week, we celebrated our one church event where we had six different pastors from six different churches all swap pulpits and give a message based upon Ephesians chapter four, which talks about us being unified. We are one church serving one God. And the reality is we're not in competition with other churches. We're on the same team. We're serving the same God. We have the same goal of leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've got a group of of pastors that are friends, and we wanted to communicate to our churches and communicate to our community that we are unified in our mission and purpose for our great God. So last week, I thank you for hosting Pastor Jeff from Life Coast. He came here and said he was welcomed and loved, and he really appreciated how you received him. And while you were doing that, I was down at Coastal Family Church in Flagler Beach being received by them there and had a great time with them. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the one service thing. So they have a service at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I got up my kind of typical time frame about 5 o'clock in the morning, reviewed my notes, had a leisurely breakfast, reviewed my notes, walked the dog, reviewed my notes, and looked at the clock, and I'm like, I still got like three hours before church starts, and uh, went down, had a great time, kind of engaging ver- worship a little bit before uh, the services started, and then was able to make it back here at the end of our third service and help tear down. So I loved the one service thing, but that was last week. And here we are back this week in our third service. So if you're ready, I'm ready. If you're not ready, I'm offended. (laughs) So this new series we're starting is called I'm Offended. And it's based on what's kind of happening in our world today. There's a whole lot of people out there that are getting offended over silly things. Like we seem to be offended over everything. We're offended relationally, socially, politically, vocationally, emotionally. Like you pick a topic and I'm sure somebody's offended at at something about that topic. So I'm just curious this morning, how many of you would say that you have seen somebody get offended, you have offended somebody, or you've been offended this past month? All right, how about this past week? How about this morning? What is it? 11.53. Anybody offend? Don't point at the person that offended you. Just, you know, just acknowledge it if it happened. All right. How many of you are offended that I'm wearing an I'm offended shirt? There's, there's a handful of you. And I'm offended that you're offended. And the rest of you who aren't offended, I'm offended at you too. So like we all seem to be overly offended in our culture. And it's having some really like bad consequences for us. We're taking this whole offense thing to a new level. There are some people who are taking being offended to a felony status. Like when somebody offends them, they interact almost as if like you're the worst kind of criminal out there. You're worse than a murderer. You're worse than a terrorist. You're worse than a rapist because you offended me because you hurt my feelings because you didn't agree with my perspective on that subject. So living in this highly offended culture is making some people think that we can say and do anything we want to other people as long as it falls under the umbrella of offense. So if somebody offends us, we can just be really mean to them. We can call them all kinds of names. We can vilify them. We can kind of destroy their reputation. We can do anything we want because they've offended us. 
And we're taking this whole offense thing to such epic proportions, there's some crazy things happening out there. There's actually people trying to rewrite history because some historical characters or historical events are offensive to them. And we gotta be real careful when we walk down a road like that. We start rewriting history, we start trying to erase history, we lose our ability to learn from history and learn some things. Maybe there were some things that we did that weren't great, but we lose the ability to learn from that when we try to alter history. There are some folks today even uh, trying to alter the Bible because the Bible can be somewhat offensive sometimes to people. There's actually a version of the Bible called the Inclusive Version that came out in 1995. It's known as the Gender Neutral Bible. And it came out because the translators are like, we don't want to offend the genders. We don't want to offend men. We don't want to offend women. So if we just take all references to male and female out, the Bible will be less offensive. They even went to the extreme of taking out references to right-handed people and left-handed people because they didn't want to offend left-handed people. Often throughout scripture, you'll find an author will write something about God's right hand, which is a reference to God's strength. It doesn't mean left-handed people are weak. It just means that it's a reference to strength. And often it's, it's talked about God's strength. And so those translators said, well, we don't want to offend left-handed people, so let's make the Bible less offensive. Uh, I read an article this week that I thought was even farther out than some of that. Like, it's just crazy. There, there's a 27-year-old guy today who's suing his parents for not getting his permission to give birth to him. So he's offended. His mom and dad, like, this is a real case. He's offended that his mom and dad didn't consult him before bringing him into this big, cruel world. And so he thinks... It, as compensation for that, they should pay him the rest of his life and he shouldn't have to work because his parents didn't consult him. Anybody else want to join that suit? I mean, it sounds great for a moment, you know, and then all of a sudden, wait a second, like we can't go real far on that one. So we are taking this offense thing to crazy levels, but here's the reality. It's not new. We've been getting offended for a very long time. Even Jesus dealt with offenses and dealt with offended people. Um, one encounter that Jesus had with some re religious leaders was based on the reality that they were offended because he and his disciples weren't washing their hands before dinner the right way. And that sounds silly, but they had created this ceremonial way to wash your hands before dinner. It wasn't God's rule, it was their rule. They came up with that. And so they said, listen, this is kind of how you get right with God before dinner. And Jesus, you and your disciples aren't doing this. Why? So they confronted Jesus. Jesus counter confronted them and said, listen, like that's a man-made rule. You made up that rule. But what about all the rules that God has given us that you aren't following? And they got offended at that. So in Matthew 15, 12, Jesus' disciples come running over to Jesus after that conversation and say, Jesus, do you realize you just offended the Pharisees by what you just said? <gasps> Worst thing ever, Jesus. How are we going to be let back into the temple after this? You offended them. People have been getting offended for a very long time. So in preparation for this series, I did a little research to see who gets offended 
And as I go through this list, I want you to try to see if you can identify somebody that you know in your life, like maybe somebody at work, maybe somebody at home, maybe somebody at school that you would say, yeah, I think they fit that category. So listen to these categories. I found that self-righteous people tend to get offended. People like the religious leaders that Jesus was talking to. Entitled people often get offended. Angry people get offended. People who are judgmental get offended. Jealous people, hypocritical people, insecure people. People who see themselves as a victim of life. That life is just this big, bad, cruel world. I'm a victim every time I turn around. Somebody's doing me wrong. Those people often get offended. And I found that national politicians tend to get offended. Anybody else recognize that at all watching TV or social media? Um, It it seems like uh, if you're a national politician, one of the the requirements for that is to be easily offended. And when we watch some of the stuff that our national politicians are doing and how they're interacting with each other, they're doing things that we wouldn't let our first graders do at recess. The way that they talk to each other, the way that they call each other names, the way that they refuse to sit down and have a civil conversation with each other. I mean, there's some stuff that's happening at the top levels of our nation in all parties, all parties, that is kind of embarrassing. I think it should be embarrassing to the rest of us. Now, if you didn't identify personally with any of those categories that I listed, let me just push back on that a little bit. I think we all are too easily offended. We all fit into one of those categories somewhere. We get offended over little things. We get offended over big things. Um, Somebody may have said something to you at work or about you behind your back that was offensive. And maybe you're thinking about them right now and how that played out and how hurtful that was. Um, Someone may post something on social media that you find offensive. Someone may fail to repost something that you posted that you think they should post and they didn't and they didn't like it, they didn't reshare it and you found that a little offensive. Someone may not recognize what you've done for them and you take a little offense to that. That happened to me recently when I was working at home. I was spending the day out in my backyard doing yard work And my wife came home with some flowers that she wanted planted. She wanted to put in some pots and she brought some soil as well. And I was mulching and doing all kinds of stuff in the backyard. And so it was one of those hot days. It was just like really hot outside. And by the time I got to the stuff that she wanted, it was the hottest time of the day. And I thought, I'm just going to push through this and get this stuff done. So I'm working out there and getting everything planned. I got everything done. And then I decided, you know what, I'm, I'll go the extra mile and I'll water all these plants. Doesn't that sound just really good of me? <laughs> Being a little sarcastic here. You should like water the things that you plant right after you plant them. But you know, I'm in my mind thinking, oh, look how great I am. So I'm watering all the plants, and I'm always got you know, lots of plants in, in throughout the backyard. So I'm watering the ones I plant as well as the other ones, and watering and watering and watering. It takes a long time to water some of these things, and so I'm watering. I get all done. I came in the house, and I'm a little tired. I'm a little you know, heat exhaustion frustrated. And my wife turns around and says, oh, great. You got it all planted. That's awesome. Did you water my stuff? 
being the super spiritual pastor guy, husband that I am, uh, my response wasn't all that super spiritual or uh, pastoral. So I responded like this. Did you not see me out there for the past several hours? Did you not see me watering all of your plants? And my wife was busy doing something else. She didn't, you know, look out the window to see all that I was doing. And I was in that moment offended and said stuff I needed to apologize for later. So I think we all get offended. You may not get offended, but I get offended at moments. And I think like most of us get offended over things that are really kind of silly. So this morning, I want you to take a look at this really short uh, video that can help us with offenses. Like, what do we do when we get offended? So take a look at this. Okay, so as funny or not funny as that video was, it seems like there are way too many people that are following that advice today and getting offended about everything. So I don't think the answer is is in us learning how to be more offended. I think the answer is in us learning what to do when we get offended. So we're going to go back in time this morning, and we're going to explore one of the first offenses found in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 4. If you're new to the Bible, Genesis is the first book in the Bible, and the Bible's broken up in, in chapters, so there are large numbers on the text that you'll see. And it's interesting that by the fourth chapter of Genesis, we have had three major offenses that have already happened that ha- are still affecting us to this day. So we're going to look at that third one. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So Cain got offended. He was offended at God because he didn't accept his offering. And if you're not really familiar with what's happening in this verse, let me help you understand that. So there was a major difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering. Abel, you see, brought the best of his flocks. He brought the best that he had to give to God, while Cain gave some of his crops. Not the best. He just gave some. They were good. They weren't weren't bad. They just weren't the best. And God recognized that Cain had a heart problem. And so God confronted him in verse 6. God asked Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. So whenever we get offended, we have a choice to make. Are we going to deal with our offense and do the right thing? Or are we going to let sin control us? So in this moment, 
this conversation, God tells Cain, listen, sin is crouching like a lion in the bushes waiting to pounce on its prey. And it's going to pounce on you. It's going to destroy you. It's going to take over your life if you don't subdue it. But you can subdue it. Like If you do the right thing, you'll be its master. It won't be your master. Now listen to this. Our spiritual maturity is revealed after we've been offended. So what we do after we've been offended kind of reveals how mature we really are and and whether we're really becoming more like Jesus or not. And I'll be honest, there are many moments after I've been offended that I'm not doing the right spiritual thing, that I've got to work on responding more like Jesus would respond. So what was the right thing for Cain to do in this situation? I'm curious to hear from you. What was the right thing for Cain? He's offended. He's offended at God. God's confronted him. He has a decision to make. He can do one thing or another. What's the right thing for him? Listen to God. Listen to God. So obey God. What would that involve? Giving his best. Giving his best. Now, What's deeper than that? It's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. He could have given his best angrily and been upset about it. What God was after was a hard issue. It was for him to change what was going on in the offense, in his pride, in his jealousy, and then give God his best. That would have put him back in right relationship with God. That would have put him back in right relationship with his brother. But verse 8 tells us what Cain decided. It says, one day Cain suggested to his brother, hey, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Cain sacrificed his brother, literally, on the altar of being offended. What did Abel do wrong in this story? Abel didn't do anything wrong. Cain is the one that did the wrong. So, in in a sense, Abel represents Christ to us. What did Christ do wrong? Nothing. Now, was Abel a sinless you know, person? No. Uh, I'm sure he sinned. But he was innocent in this encounter. And Cain sacrificed him. Why? Because he was angry at God. He was upset with him. One of the sad consequences of not dealing with our offenses is murder. And we may not go to the extreme of actually killing somebody, but we kill relationships all the time. We get offended at what somebody says or what somebody believes, and we find ways to vilify them. We find ways to talk about them behind their back to other people. We find ways to destroy their character and their reputation. We withdraw from them, and we, in essence, kill the relationship over an offense There's some real consequences that happen when we don't do the right thing and deal with the offenses that happen in our lives. So in verse nine, it says, afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? Now, God knew exactly where Abel was. God wasn't surprised. God wasn't off doing something else and didn't know. And I think the reason he asked Cain this was because he wanted to give Cain an opportunity to come clean, to start doing some work in his own heart 
and recognize, you know what, God, I let sin pounce on me and control me. And that's what I did. Let me confess that to you. But watch how he responded. He said, I don't know. Where's my brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? Some translations say keeper. Like, I'm not his babysitter. I don't know where he's at. But God knew what was going on. And so verse 10 says, but the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you'll be a homeless wanderer on the earth. I wonder if that last statement from God was a punishment from him or a prediction of Cain's future based upon his heart condition, based upon the reality that he said, I refuse to deal with the offenses in my life. It sure seems like Cain ended up as a homeless wanderer because he didn't want to deal with the stuff that was in his own heart. He didn't want to do the right thing. The same stuff can happen to us if we refuse to do what is right. If we refuse to deal with our offenses, we can end up wandering aimlessly through life and end up living a whole lot like Cain. So how do we avoid ending up like Cain? I've got four things I want to recommend to you today. So the first is this. We should admit to God when someone offends us. So we should run quickly to God in a moment of offense. And, and that's through prayer where we run to God and say, God, like this thing just happened. Like, wow, that hurt. That was kind of offensive to me. We should run quickly to him and do that instead of quickly retaliating, getting online and posting something that we think is going to show them, talking to our friends about them and trying to make it sound like that person was even worse. We should run quickly to God and say, God, here's the issue. Help me do what is right in this moment. And then the second thing, which is a really tough thing, I think we should forgive the person who offends us. I know that's hard. I know. But listen to what Colossians 3.12 says. It says, since, you, or since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I understand that some of the offenses that we've experienced in life are very painful. They're very hurtful. And they can take a long time to recover from. But God is telling us to forgive other people because he has forgiven us. So who might you need to forgive? Somebody hurt you? Somebody offended you? There's probably a forgiveness issue that you need to address. Another thing that he said there was, Paul said, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So bear with me for just a second as I try to apply that verse this morning. Okay, hold on one second as I put this other t-shirt on and I'm gonna need your help. 
because I'm not real good at reading upside down, okay? So here we go. So instead of being offended, I can choose to be what? What's it say? Merciful. What else? So we have a choice to make. Like every day we have a choice. When we wake up, we can be the offended people. You know, I'm offended because the sun came up. I'm offended because my coffee's not ready. I'm offended because that person at work didn't get, you know, the project done when I thought they should get it done. Or we can put on tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience for other people. That's what we're, we're told in scripture to do. This is God's command for us as Christ followers. In verse 13, Paul said, make allowance for each other's faults. Now, I know this is really challenging because God doesn't understand how many faults that people around us have. You know, like you look around, you're like, man, they got so many faults. But God says, make allowance, like pour out grace, be merciful to some people. Like overlook some of the things that they have done. Does that mean you overlook everything? No, there's some really rough things that need to be confronted, some truth that needs to be spoken. But a lot of the stuff that we take offense over, we could easily pour out grace for. That's something my wife did for me. When I came in hot and sweaty, a little frustrated after being out in the, the heat all day, doing all the, the planning, um, instead of retaliating, Instead of shutting down, being offended, withdrawing from me, she poured out grace after I was a jerk. She said, thanks. Thanks for planting all that stuff for me. And she moved on. I felt about that big after that encounter. And I'm going, I'm such a jerk. I'm just a jerk. And I was so grateful that my wife poured out grace for me because it's what I need to learn to pour out grace for other people. So who might you need to be gracious to? Who might you need to be patient with? Who might you need to be kind to or gentle with? There's probably somebody that God's asking you to apply those things in your relationship. A fourth thing I think Paul would say to us today in light of uh, the evolution of our culture, is not only make allowance for other people's faults, but make allowance for other people's opinions. We are living in a world where it feels like it's not okay to have differing opinions with other people, or somebody's going to get upset. Somebody's going to uh, get hurt feelings and then start treating other people badly. And if we're Christ followers, we should never behave that way. We should be able to engage deep, heavy conversations with love and respect for each other. And so we as Christ followers, I think, have to be the ones to start that. So we, when we go into the week and we engage somebody somewhere on a hot topic, we shouldn't shut down. We shouldn't get angry. We shouldn't retaliate if they get their, their feelings hurt and get angry with us. We should be loving. Engage the conversation in a Christ-honoring way and understand that we're going to have some differences out there. And it should be really okay for us to share different perspectives with each other and still have love and respect for each other. So how are you doing at that? How are you doing at that on social media? 
where it's so easy to launch into the hot conversation and find ourselves getting ugly over a big subject that needs to be talked about. But sometimes we, we interact with that subject in a way that doesn't honor Christ. So how are you doing at that? Maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe at school, or maybe on social media. Again, every day we have a choice to make. Am I going to put on my I'm offended shirt? Am I going to be offended at everything today? Or am I going to clothe myself with tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience? You have a choice every day. I have a choice every day. What clothes that we're going to wear, how we clothe ourselves, how we clothe our minds for the day. If you are a person that easily gets offended, I would encourage you to determine to change that. Like you can. I really think it's possible for you to say, you know what, today I'm just not going to get offended. And when I get offended, I'm going to run to God and deal with that stuff quickly. I think it's really possible for us to be unoffendable as Christ was. If you have an offense going on in your world right now, maybe you're offended at somebody, I would encourage you to do the right thing. God's saying this morning, do the right thing and you'll be accepted. But watch out. If you don't, sin is crouching at the door, waiting, just waiting for you to make the wrong choice so it can pounce on you and control you. Don't let that happen. Subdue it and be its master. So this morning, you have an opportunity to do the right thing. Forgive somebody. Pour out grace for somebody. Not be offended by them. Some of you this morning uh, might hear Cain's story and feel like maybe you've been wandering through life like a homeless person. And maybe the reality is you've felt that way because you haven't dealt with an offense. And maybe you've allowed offenses to accumulate in your life and there are so many offenses now, you're not even sure where to begin. So here's my recommendation. Pick one offense and deal with it. Do the right thing. Go to that person. Apologize. Ask forgiveness. Extend forgiveness. Extend grace and mercy. And do that one person after another person after another person until you get to the end of your list And I think you'll experience a whole new life, a whole new way to live. And I think you won't be wandering through life aimlessly anymore. Now, I'm sure that some of you have some more questions about this whole I'm offended subject. And you're wondering, well, what about this? And what do we do about that? And there's some real subjects out there that are really hot topics. Like, what do we do with these things? So I encourage you to come back next week because we're going to talk more about that. And next week, we're going to talk about something that I think is going to destroy us as a nation if we don't get a handle on it. And I think it starts with us as Christ followers to get a handle on that first. So I hope you'll come back for that. As we close today, our worship team is going to sing a song called Build My Life. And the reality is, if we let God build our lives, we won't be easily offended. We won't go through life being offended at everything. We'll look for opportunities to help people deal with their offense and to become more like Jesus. So as we're singing today, I encourage you to just invite God to build your life. And if there's an offense you need to deal with, determine to deal with it today. Determine today's the day. You're going to go and you're going to do the right thing. 
So if you would, stand with me. We're going to pray, and then let's sing together. Lord, this offense issue is such a big issue in our world today. And yet, God, as we learned, it's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. We we see how Cain handled the offense that happened in his life, where he was offended at you, and he ended up killing his brother because of that. And God, the reality is that many of us have experienced something like that, whether on the giving end or the receiving end of that. There's been a death in a relationship. There's been a lot of deaths in relationships because of offenses. So Lord, maybe this morning there's somebody who says, you know what, I've been the cause of that or I've been a part of that. I need to resolve that. Lord, I pray that they would do the right thing. They wouldn't let sin pounce on them and gain control of their lives. But they would do the right thing this morning. Come to you. Ask for your help. Forgive. Pour out grace, mercy, kindness. So Lord, every day we have a a choice as we get up. We have a choice in what we're going to wear that day. What we're going to clothe our hearts and clothe our minds in. We can either clothe ourselves in offense We can clothe ourselves in love and mercy. Lord, I pray that we would choose wisely every morning and every day to become more and more like Jesus and how he interacts with others. So Lord, help us build our lives on the only foundation that will last forever, and that's the foundation of you. In Jesus' name, amen.